This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee on day 16 of the 60-day legislative session. The Senate Education Committee votes to reduce Bright Future scholarships for college students who insist on following their passion instead of going for big bucks. The students are not amused. The only thing that this bill will do is make our lives harder. Uh, there are many issues the Republicans and Democrats in this building might vehemently disagree on. But access to higher education should not be one of them. It is not our government's place to dictate which paths will and will not lead to success or capital. The government will limit the pursuit of free thinking, the pursuit of curiosity, and most importantly, the pursuit of happiness. Governor Ron DeSantis still believes Florida is not getting its fair share from the new COVID relief law, but he's already figured out how he wants to spend it. We're getting the short end of the stick, make no mistake about it, but, but we'll make the best of, of what we have, and I think we'll be able to, to get a lot done for the people of Florida. Among other things, DeSantis wants to use Biden bucks to fix the unemployment system, replenish the DOT road fund, give a $1,000 bonus to every first responder, and bail out the seaports. Democrats have launched a new campaign to try to thwart the governor's re-election next year. He thought hitching his wagon to the Trump train would take him places. But all he's doing is failing Floridians, just like Trump failed Americans. He ignored COVID, just like Trump. We have it totally under control. The campaign is called Ron Be Gone. We'll also have your calendar of events and the story of two Florida women charged with successfully hacking an election for homecoming queen. But first, a word from the sponsors. You're listening to the Sunrise Podcast from Florida Politics, and we are much obliged. This public health crisis has shown our one-size-fits-all education system does not meet the needs of every child. Senate Bill 48 rethinks education and provides needed flexibility for students and families, giving students the tools and resources they need to unleash their potential. You can make a difference and improve our education system by visiting fledreform.com to tell your lawmaker to support SB48. Paid for by Americans Prosperity, Florida. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Wednesday, March 17th. This is St. Patrick's Day, when we honor the patron saint of Ireland by consuming vast quantities of whiskey and green beer. On this date in 1854, the first parkland was purchased by an American city. It was Worcester, Massachusetts. In 2008, New York State Governor Elliot Spitzer resigned after a scandal involving a high-end prostitute, which honestly sounds more like a position than a person. And one year ago today, the European Union announced a 30-day ban on almost all travelers as it struggled to contain COVID-19. Florida's Department of Health reported 102 additional fatalities and almost 4,800 new cases of COVID Tuesday. Our death toll has reached 33,061. The total number of infections is now 1,984,000. At the current rate, there's a good chance we'll pass the 2 million mark sometime this weekend. Despite overwhelming opposition from students, the Education Committee in the Florida Senate approves a bill to reduce bright future scholarships for students who pursue a traditional liberal arts degree instead of a degree that leads to an immediate job or career track. We're thinking STEM here. More than 60 students lined up to speak out against Senate Bill 84, saying the state has no right interfering in their education. I'm in strong opposition of this bill because it places the business person and the manufacturer as more important than the artist, the writer, and the sociologist, which we know simply is not true. I don't think that it's truly an American way to deem something not worthy and disincentivize students from, you know, going towards a certain major that they could be passionate about, something that they're curious about just because they're not going to get the same amount of funding. 
Students already seeking financial assistance do not need to be taught a lesson in their finances through a policy that would toy with their ability to attend school for their passions and interests. This bill ignores the problems that are actually affecting students now, problems like 65% of students choosing not to buy textbooks, an over 800% rise in the cost of textbooks, and the fact that nationally we have seen 2 million less students attend college since 2011. Taking away this funding on the basis of major would only make a college education inaccessible to those who wouldn't be able to attend without it. The only thing that this bill will do is make our lives harder. Uh, there are many issues the Republicans and Democrats in this building might vehemently disagree on. But access to higher education should not be one of them. Students should not be forced into career paths they do not want because they are afraid that if they don't choose an approved path, they will go into debt or not attend college at all. It is not our government's place to dictate which paths will and will not lead to success or capital. With this bill enacted, the government will limit the pursuit of free thinking, the pursuit of curiosity, and most importantly, the pursuit of happiness. From my young age, I can see that the world is more than work and death. I do not believe that the laws and statutes of the state were intended to limit the pursuit of happiness of certain Floridians. That last statement was made by Alexander Valdez, a high school senior from Tallahassee who seems to have figured things out at a very young age. His words hit home with Senator Perry Thurston of Fort Lauderdale. The thing that I took from the student was from the young man who says that for him, life is more than work and death. Imagine that how intuitive he is at a young age. Life is about more than work and death. And the young lady, she says, what drives her is that she's driven by her work ethic and her passion. Let's not send a message that life is about work and death. And let's not deprive the youth of their passion. Democrats do not like the bill. And Senator Tina Polsky of Miami-Dade says Republicans shouldn't like it either because the bill by Senator Dennis Baxley violates some of their fundamental beliefs. To quote um, Senator Baxley at a prior committee, children don't belong to the government. They belong to their parents. We also talk a lot about school choice here. Um, we talk a lot about capitalism and pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. And we don't like socialism. We don't like being told what to do. We don't like big government. Well, all of those things are at risk in this bill. There's no choice in your major. The children don't decide. The parents don't decide the major. The government decides. Political appointees on the Board of Governors. Um, I did not hear one person in favor of this bill. What does that tell you? What do our constituents want? Are we sitting here saying, we don't care what you want. We'll tell you what you need. And it's up to us, not you. I know that no one here wants to be the nanny state who's telling them what we need to do in this instance. And I, I, it's unfortunate that what I think is what it's come down to. Senator Lori Berman of Palm Beach County even quoted a Republican icon to explain why she thinks this is a bad idea. I'd like to start with a quote from Ronald Reagan. And this is what he said. I deplore the tendencies in some institutions to go directly toward training for a trade or profession or something and ignoring the liberal arts. It is the foundation of education. And I agree with Ronald Reagan. And I think this bill is, is peddling a false dichotomy between a liberal arts education and preparation for work and life. The argument that vocational and pre-professional degrees are better investments than degrees in the arts and humanities is flawed. A liberal arts education is not a self-indulgent luxury. 
Pursuing one does not reflect a disconnect from the practical demands of our economy. It teaches our students critical thinking, communication skills, problem solving, self-expression, innovative research, and lifelong learning. A degree in liberal arts prepares our students not only to make a living, but to make a life. Of course, none of this mattered because the fix was in. Republicans voted for the bill even if they disagreed with it. But Senator Jennifer Bradley says she will not vote for it again unless there are significant changes. She does not want the state usurping the role of parents. I look at this bill as a mom. I've got three kids. I've got one just out of college, one in grad school, and my youngest is at Florida. She's, a, uh, she's got a double major. Um, I have spent the better part of the last decade having big discussions with my kids about what is their career, what is their passion, how do they want to transition to the workforce, what's important to them. Those are some of the biggest and most impactful discussions that a parent can have with their children. I'm the one that should have that discussion. I believe I'm the one that should have that discussion. So why is Senator Baxley doing this? Let's call it character building. He had to pay his own way back in the day and wants more students to share that stressful experience because he believes it prepared him for the real world and made him a better person. Please know, with five children and eight grandchildren, nobody loves kids more than I do. Nobody wants them to succeed more than I do. A certain amount of exertion and desperation in life challenges us to be our best. I had no idea I could do five years of college and pay for it myself. But I thought quarter to quarter, that's how it worked for me. And I want us to keep doing these things that challenge young people to know how to meet all the challenges that are going to come their way. But we have to guide them towards more productive paths if we can so they wind up financially able to have the life that we want them to have. And so uh, please know it's for no lack of regard for their abilities. And, but I know we have to take risk and do things different if we're going to get more productive outcomes. And uh, you know what the fun part is? I think they can do it. I really think they can do it. And I look forward to challenging them. Baxley has a degree in sociology, and there's a pretty good chance that would make the list of undesirables if his bill becomes law. One personal note here, back in my school days, the teachers told us one of the biggest differences between America and the Soviet Union was that the communists told you what to study and what your job would be, depending on the needs of the state, while American students were free to make their own choices without interference from the state. Strange how things have changed. Ron DeSantis is making plans to spend all that COVID relief money in the American Rescue Act. For starters, the governor's proposing a $1,000 bonus for first responders. EMTs, sworn law enforcement, firefighters, we should recognize their sacrifice over the last year. So I'm proposing a one-time $1,000 bonus payment to all first responders, fire, sworn law enforcement, EMTs, uh, which totals about 2084 million dollars and we want to fund this in this current fiscal year so we can get those payments out as quickly as possible. The governor wants to spend 130 million of these Biden bucks rebuilding the state's unemployment compensation system. There's need to address some of the infrastructure in our own agencies, including the Connect Reemployment System, 
Uh, there was recently a report, as many of you know, recommending money to modernize it. So I'm recommending $73.2 million to modernize the Connect Reemployment Assistance Program consistent with those findings. I'm also recommending the provision of $56.6 million to support the operations of the Reemployment Assistance Program to accommodate, increase volume, and manage the adjudication of claims, particularly when you have disputed claims. DeSantis wants to spend almost a billion dollars replacing the money the DOT lost over the past year because people drove less and gas tax collections fell. He also wants to spend $260 million bailing out the ports. Uh, one of the areas of Florida that's been hardest hit uh, throughout the pandemic has been our seaports. Our, our cruise ships are under a no sail order from the CDC. I've wanted them to start sailing long ago. I think they should be able to sail and we want to see them sail. But nevertheless, that's taken an enormous amount of toll uh, on our seaports. And yet, in all these different relief packages, there hasn't been any money set aside for any of the seaports. And so we're recommending almost $260 million in relief for our seaports. That is an amount equal to the losses they've accrued during the pandemic through February of 2021. And obviously they still will be incurring potentially more losses, but we hope that they're able uh, to get everything operating uh, 100% very soon. The governor also wants to spend a billion dollars on projects to deal with sea level rise and another billion to create a permanent disaster fund. We also want to dedicate a billion dollars to establish a new fund, the Emergency Management Response Fund. The fund will eliminate the need to seek general revenue funding to respond to ongoing pandemic emergency as well as future emergencies. The newly established fund will add additional layer of reserve to the state's overall fiscal outlook. And so what will happen is if there's a hurricane, you incur expenses, you pay out of that fund, and then FEMA would reimburse to that fund. Ideally, we would never have to touch general revenue again to respond to natural disasters if we're able to establish this fund right now. Before the Rescue Act was approved, the governor suggested Florida could get along without the federal bailout. Every Republican who represents Florida in Congress voted against it. And after it passed, the governor complained that Florida is being shortchanged. So why not take a stand on principle and send the money back to Washington? If you send the money back, Janet Yellen, Secretary of Treasury, is allowed to apportion it to other states. So if Florida were to send the money back, Yellen is going to send it to Illinois, California, New York, or New Jersey. Uh, I don't think that would make sense for Floridians, uh, for us to be giving even more money to the blue states that are already getting such a big windfall uh, in this bill. And so it doesn't make any sense to do that. State government will receive about $10 billion from the bailout, and the governor wants to spend about $4 billion on his own without running it through the legislature. He says the remaining $6 billion bucks should go through the regular budget process. Long as we're talking about the governor, here's something interesting to pass along. Democrats have launched a new campaign called Ron Be Gone, aimed at thwarting his re-election next year. It started with this spot. Make America great again. Ron DeSantis. The President of the United States has identified me as the guy who would be the best leader for the state of Florida. What's poor Ron gonna do without his role model in the White House? It's a true honor to be standing here endorsed by the President of the United States. He thought hitching his wagon to the Trump train would take him places. But all he's doing is failing Floridians just like Trump failed Americans. 
Florida reported a record high when it comes to new cases. He ignored COVID, just like Trump. We have it totally under control. The governor seen high-fiving supporters also not wearing a mask. And the governor won't let local government enforce their mask mandate. He attacked the press, just like Trump. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. That's really bad reporting. He's a laughing stock, just like Trump. And now we're going to vote him out, just like Trump. It's time to get rid of Trumpism for good. It's time, Ron. Be gone. DeSantis has been touted as a potential presidential candidate in 2024 if Donald Trump decides not to run. Democrats figure if they can knock him out of the governor's race, they'll also end his hopes for the White House. Your calendar of events is next, along with the tale of a Florida mother and daughter accused of hacking an election in the panhandle. But first, a word from the sponsor. In Florida, if you fall behind on court debt payments, the state takes away your driver's license. But if you can't drive, you can't work. So how can you make enough money to pay the debt? This policy makes no sense. Let's end debt-based license suspensions and help Florida get back to work. Welcome back to the Sunshine Calendar. The State Board of Education meets at 9. The Citrus Commission meets online at 9. The Florida Defense Alliance meets online at 9. The Senate Agriculture Committee meets at 9 to hear a bill that would allow veterinarians to use telemedicine to treat animals. The Senate Governmental Oversight and Accountability Committee meets at 9 to consider a bill that designates Juneteenth or June 19th as a paid holiday for state workers. Juneteenth Day commemorates the end of slavery in the U.S. Also at 9, the Senate Health Policy Committee takes up a bill that would increase criminal penalties for assaulting or battering people who work at hospitals. At 12.30, the Senate Health and Human Services Appropriations Sub will hold a confirmation hearing for Simone Marsteller, who was recently appointed Secretary of the Agency for Healthcare Administration. The Senate Agriculture, Environment, and General Government Appropriations Subcommittee is holding confirmation hearings for the Department of Business and Professional Regulations Secretary Julie Brown and Lottery Secretary John Davis. At 3, the Senate Criminal and Civil Justice Appropriations Subcommittee takes up a bill that requires the Department of Law Enforcement to develop a mental illness component of training that officers would have to take to retain their law enforcement certification. The Senate Education Appropriations Subcommittee meets at 3 to talk about a bill that addresses a civic education curriculum for public schools. And the Space Florida Board of Directors meets by phone at 4. Finally today, a Florida woman and her Florida daughter are charged with hacking an election to rig the race for homecoming queen. The Department of Law Enforcement arrested 50-year-old Laura Rose Carroll, an assistant principal at Bellevue Elementary in Pensacola, along with her 17-year-old daughter. Investigators say they used mom's computer access to tap into hundreds of student accounts and cast fraudulent ballots so the teen would win the vote for homecoming queen at Tate High School in Pensacola last year. That's it for today's installment of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg, inviting you to join us again tomorrow as we plumb the depths of Florida politics. 